Hello, thanks for tuning in. My name is Dr. Adelina McLeod and I'm an ST6 in geriatrics. I'm the chair of the Trainee and Members Committee at the Royal College of Physicians Edinburgh. Here with me today we have Dr. Mike Jones, who is the Director of Training and Development at the Joint Royal College of Physicians Training Board. He is a consultant in acute medicine at County Durham and Darlington Hospital in the North East and he is also the Director of Training at the Royal College of the Physicians of Edinburgh. So welcome Dr. Jones. Thank you. Firstly, I wondered if you could outline the changes that have occurred to training due to the COVID-19 epidemic. Yeah, um, obviously the pandemic has affected all trainees to some extent and we're finding a lot of people are being pulled to the front door but we're also needing to remember that there will be an extended convalescence for many patients suffering from COVID-19 and there will be a need to look at how that workforce is augmented at uh, the that stage as well. Because people are being pulled in from specialty to do more uh, internal medicine, that of course will give them good broad experience in internal medicine, but to some extent will also put a pause on their specialty training. So what we're looking to do is ensure all experiences and educational opportunities that occur during the pandemic are uh, looked at and will be taken into consideration when it looks like people are then trying to progress once we're through the pandemic. So we are going to take into consideration everything that people are doing during the pandemic and reviewing how we can get people to progress as quickly as possible. We're trying to minimise the impact in terms of training progression, but it would be wrong to say there won't be any impact at all. That would be disingenuous because obviously in these extraordinary times, we need to make sure that patients who are presenting in very large numbers to the front are being managed by doctors who have appropriate skills. So to summarise what you've said there, we are going to try as much as possible to capture the learning experiences we can glean from this COVID period with the knowledge that some particular specialties um, might be more affected than others. But we will try as much as possible to progress training for as many people as we can. Is that a fair analysis of what you've said? Yeah, absolutely. And indeed, we have to remember that even if the aspect of internal medicine, which is being covered by patients coming in infected with uh, this specific virus, the generic professional capabilities um, are also going to be exhibited, those of the leadership, etc., and those will also count towards training. So uh, although people may feel that they are being used very much to provide a service element, and again, there's no real denying that, by the same token, it towards specialist training. Okay, so for trainees that have possibly said, put your EVE portfolio down, don't touch it, this actually could be a period where you can demonstrate other aspects that would count towards training, I suppose. Absolutely. But, you know, I appreciate that people may not be focused on making sure every bit of paperwork is, is fulfilled given the extreme circumstances. But by the same token, if there is an opportunity to record something, and certainly recording reflections is actually quite an important part of this in maintaining uh, people's equilibrium, maintaining sanity, uh, coping with some of the things that will be occurring, 
can be extremely difficult and I would commend everybody to try and be kind to each other but also uh, debrief if you find that something has been so difficult to handle that you need some support. It is very clear that everybody will be extremely stressed through this experience and you shouldn't feel that trying to cope with stress on your own is the ideal thing to do. You need to uh, get help with that. And sometimes just talking about things can help enormously. I think I absolutely agree with that sentiment. Really, I find in my practice, reflection can be quite helpful and it can help you just process some of the stuff you've experienced and can be quite cathartic and really start the healing process. So I think it's really important that we do emphasise the role of that. I just wanted to move on a little bit from the kind of day-to-day training to the recent guidance from JRCPTB indicating that the ARCP process would be light touch. Could you expand at all on what light touch looks like from your point of view? From my point of view, of course, this is one perspective and there is ongoing discussion. So at the moment, this may be subject to change. What we would like to see is that a quick review of people's e-portfolios, make sure that people are engaging with training before the pandemic hit. There was evidence within our e-portfolios of that engagement with training to ensure that there are no difficulties being encountered um, within the training program and as long as that is clear then we would like to make it very light touch and give everybody um, the go-ahead to continue with training and that we would look once the pandemic is settling to see how many people might require a little bit more support Um, obviously with recruitment allowing people to go ahead into sd3 posts for instance without uh, full membership what we would be looking to do is ensure that people are given support to get membership out of the way because it is very clear that people will not be allowed to progress into st4 without having that particular prerequisite so we want this process to be as light touch as possible making sure that we are getting people properly assessed without going into the depth of every single tick being made from the decision aid we want people to progress and not feel that they are being hindered uh, in progression by this awful pandemic okay thank you One question that a few people have asked me is, after this year's ARCP process, would they be expected to catch up? So in terms of if they maybe have got five ACATs and they needed a sixth, or if they didn't quite get their audit completed, I just wondered whether you could expand on that. Yeah, no, that, that's a fair comment. I, I think the likelihood of us coming back and saying if you've got five ACATs and you needed six, I'm far more interested in how people are perceived to be progressing. I'm not counting, and I don't think we should be counting, precisely numbers of uh, workplace assessments at this particular time. We should be going, are they making adequate progress at this time? If they are, they should be allowed to progress. And we should, at the next ARCP, using the decision aid for that year to say, have they achieved everything that is critical for progression? And it will not be a simple matter of counting workplace-based assessments to say, yes, progressing. It will be far more, how are 
the how is the individual uh, seen by within the multi-four consultant reports and specifically in the educational supervisors report that will be far more informative to the ARCP panels. Okay, so that's really helpful. So really the message for trainees is try and get your multiple consultant reports and educational supervisor report uploaded. If you can, an MSF and, you know, try whatever you can achieve. But these are really the, the key things that need to be in there. Absolutely. And, you know, we've, we've published on the JRCPTB website precisely what we feel uh, should be achieved by people in these extraordinary circumstances. And we're not trying to make it difficult for people to progress. We're trying to uh, do quite the reverse. We're trying to make it actually quite simple for people to progress. Just to move on a little bit, the guidelines for recruitment were released by Health Education England this week. A key feature is that people's self-assessment score application will now be utilised for shortlisting. And I wondered if you had any comments or thoughts in how this would be affecting trainees. Okay, and I think that's a very good question because obviously a process is being put in place in these extraordinary circumstances, which is probably the least bad of all the alternatives, but nobody's trying to pretend it is ideal. We had a process in place. We believed it was working well to try and get trainees into programmes. Of course, we need to provide opportunities for trainees to progress, whether that's coming into core medical training or whether it's progressing into uh, one of the medical specialties. That opportunity has to have been made available. And so it's been down to the recruitment office and the people working there to identify those aspects of self-assessment which are most closely aligned with outcomes associated with interviews and seeing if we can get those prominent in the selection process. As I say, we will need to make sure that trainees who are appointed to posts are given adequacy of support because we need to make sure that they're given plenty of opportunity to progress. Those that are progressing into ST3 posts without membership, for instance, do need to have the support to get the exams out of the way when they come back online. Um, And those that are going into uh, specialty training and have had lots of experience in it also need to be ensured that they will get uh, adequacy of opportunity to progress within their chosen field. It is not to say that we are ignoring those that would still want to get into certain medical specialties and may feel they're disadvantaged. We will be trying to address that in time to come. But at the moment, it is really trying to make sure that uh, opportunities are available as widely as possible and that posts will be filled in the medical specialties. There has been some concern raised by trainees that the self-assessment scoring system may lead to lots and lots of people potentially under or overscoring themselves. I just wonder whether you had any awareness of what the actual numbers were. I mean, not necessarily actual figures, but sort of a flavour of how big a problem this really is. From feedback, um, it doesn't look like it is an enormous problem. I think people tend to be fairly honest in their own assessment. We do need to make sure that there isn't specific disadvantage to Uh, individual groups of trainees uh, that may be underscoring themselves Uh, but so far from what we can ascertain there seems to be a consistency that we believe will give us the best process 
given the circumstances. So I don't think that those fears are necessarily grounded at the moment. We will need to keep an eye on this and we will need to make sure, as I say, that trainees are given an adequate opportunity to progress. Thank you very much. I think it'll be quite reassuring for people to know that really the number of candidates who over or underscore is quite low. You have said quite consistently that trainees will be giving support over the coming year. It may be that it's a bit too early to comment, but what did you have in mind in terms of how we would support trainees achieve the exams that are necessary or for those who have clinical competencies to complete that they might not have had time to do during this uh, pandemic? Yeah, that, those are very fair points. Uh, I'm absolutely confident that the membership office in federation is working very hard to provide opportunities as soon as they can in the relevant exams that people will need to undertake within each individual deanery or local office of hee we're also trying to ensure that trainees who may feel that they need extra support are being identified and will be given that support where the trainees feel that they need it. We know that uh, the study leave budget will need to be uh, in place simply to give people the opportunity to go to uh, appropriate courses. That will be monitored very closely. And what we're trying to make sure is that people should not feel isolated or disadvantaged as they're going through into SD3, that the resources will be available to try and give them opportunities to progress, whether it's within the exams or indeed in the breadth of clinical exposure that they will need. Obviously, some trainees in internal medicine training have not been able to go into experiences which are mandated or at least as highly recommended within the curriculum, um, such as geriatrics or critical care. And we're asking that those uh, that have been disadvantaged by this uh, lack of uh, process through different attachments, that would be recognised and the opportunity will be provided later in training, for instance. No, thank you very much. I think that that will be quite reassuring for trainees to hear. I suppose the underlying sentiment is to encourage people to ask for help because it will be available to you. We want to ensure that people are able to succeed and progress after this pandemic. Lots of things are changing. Nothing at the moment is written in tablets of stone. We are trying to do our utmost to provide support for trainees because through no fault of anybody's, we are in an extraordinary situation and everybody needs support through this. Um, we are trying to ensure that the uh, effect of COVID-19 on people's training is minimised as much as we can. But being realistic, we know that's not going to be possible for everybody. But what we do want to try and do is ensure that PTB is seen to be helpful. We are having re uh, recurring Twitter feeds to try and provide information where at all we can. And there is uh, lots of opportunity for people to contact uh, JRCPTB. Uh, most of the people from JRCPTB are working from home and will respond to email inquiries. And we will try and respond as quickly as we possibly can. Thank you very much for that, Dr. Jones. So I think that really concludes the questions I had for you today. I just wanted to finish by saying that the leadership of JRCPTB work really quite closely with trainees. So please, if there are any concerns, either contact the JRCPTB directly or through your Royal College trainee representatives. 
We are all working towards helping you all throughout uh, this time. And if there is anything that we can do to help, we will endeavour to put that in place. Thank you very much, Dr. Jones. Thanks very much, Eddie. Take care.